Hi, this is Bill Cecil, and welcome to episode number 13. Whoa, lucky episode number 13 of Best Year Ever or Bust, the podcast series designed to help uplift, motivate, and empower you to make every year as a teacher your best year ever by helping you to uplift, motivate, and empower your students to make it their best year ever despite any and all challenges any of you may face. Again, I want to thank each and every one of you for taking time out of your busy schedule to take a listen today. And I want to thank all of you that are sharing this podcast with other heroes like yourself to help uplift, motivate, and empower them to keep making a difference every day in their classrooms as well. So this being lucky number 13 in my podcast series, I want to share something with you that I felt very lucky and fortunate to have shared with me very early on in my teaching career that I considered it the best, most powerful piece of teaching advice I ever received as a teacher. I mean, that says a lot because I was so blessed throughout my career to receive so much amazing advice from so many outstanding educators and teachers uh, and administrators throughout my career. And what's really amazing is that it came from one of the most unexpected people, which proves the old saying that you should never judge a book by its cover. And I want to share this piece of advice with you so you don't make the same mistake I made that I was making early on as a teacher that made me look like an ASS. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but I promise it will make sense soon enough. The person that gave me this golden nugget piece of advice was a veteran teacher that taught across the hall from me named Mr. Reisner. Mr. Reisner was something out of the past. He wore these button-down white short-sleeved shirts even in the winter time, which by the way, he would keep his classroom windows open in the winter to help kill germs. I'm not sure if he was trying to kill the germs that he thought the kids would give him or he didn't want, you know, the kids to get his germs, but all I know is it was freezing in his classroom. But when I first started teaching to me, he seemed to have a gruff demeanor. I never saw him smile and he always had this deep, serious tone of voice, like some kind of drill sergeant. At first, I have to admit, I was very intimidated and maybe a little afraid of him. I was convinced that we had nothing in common. I often wondered what it must be like to be a student in his room. But what confused and baffled me was that he seemed to be loved by his students. I even was told by colleagues that many of his former students would often come back and visit him. And some of those who were even in college. They would stop by and just want to visit with him. Now, here's the part that really shocked me. They also told me that he often had students in his class whose parents had had him as a teacher when they were in fifth grade, and they requested to have their children placed in his room. For the life of me, I couldn't figure out what it was I was missing about this guy. So I decided to keep my distance and avoid him as much as possible until I could finally figure it out. But thank goodness that didn't stop him from approaching me every once in a while. So I want to tell you this story. It's a true story about the time he gave me that best piece of advice that I still consider the best piece, single piece of teaching advice I ever received uh, that had the most effect in my classroom. And I want to share that with you in this story. This story takes place. It was a very cold winter day. And I remember this. We were standing out on the playground alone together. And this is very rare to happen because, like I said, I was kind of intimidated by this guy. But usually there'd be other teachers out there. But for whatever reason that day, they, they maybe it was too cold. They weren't going out. But we were both out there and we're standing next to each other. And this was the most awkward, I think, time I've had at recess ever still to this day. We're both standing out there. We're not talking to each other. There I am shivering. I'm still wearing my hat, coats, and winter gloves, but I'm shivering. And next to me is this guy not wearing a coat. He's in his white short sleeve shirts out there. His tie is like whipping in the wind like it's on a flagpole. And he's standing there and neither one of us are talking. And he, we're both staring out at our kids on the playground. 
usually I'm out playing with them. But again, on that day, they were all playing some game out on the playground equipment. So we're just out there watching them and neither one of us talking. And I, I don't know what to say to this guy. You know, it's like, it's not the guy you just have a, a strike up a quick conversation with. He's not, he's not like that. He doesn't talk very much unless he has something really important to say. He's one of those types of people. He's kind of stoic, you know? And so we're both standing there and all of a sudden, without looking at me, he just, he just says, have you told him you care? And I was like shocked by this. I was like, is he talking to me? Is he talking to himself? What's he talking about? So I said, uh, excuse me? He said it like a little louder, like he was kind of, you know, a little ticked off. He goes, I said, have you told your students you care about them? And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like he's quizzing me. And I said, uh, no, but but look, like I'm trying to defend myself at this point. I'm like, look, but I know that I, I'm pretty sure they know I care about them because every day I greet them at the door when they come in. I come in smiling. You know, I talk to them throughout the day. I, I can make jokes. I play with them at recess most days. You know, so I do things all throughout the day that I think that lets them know I care about them because no, no, no. He interrupts me. No, no, no. You must tell them you care. Don't assume they know. And then all of a sudden he pauses and he looks straight at me and he goes, What's the first three letters of assume? And he pauses a few seconds while I'm figuring that out in my mind. A-S-S. And he says, make sure you tell him. And then he just turns, blows the whistle that was in his ungloved hand. And all of a sudden he starts walking forward and his kids come running after him. And next thing you know, they're walking in the building, single file, and they disappear in the building. I'm sitting out there like I'm stunned. I don't know what to say, you know. It's like all of a sudden he scolded me and all of a sudden he walked in to the school. And so I'm standing out there. I thought I'll give my kids an extra five minutes of recess because I'm trying to process what to do with this information because now I feel like I'm under the watch of him, you know, the drill sergeant. Like I said, I'm sort of afraid of him. He's like a drill sergeant. If he had said drop and give me 25 and then go out in the parking lot and wash my car, I guarantee you I would have dropped and given him 25 and I probably would have gone out in the staff parking lot and started washing his car. Of course, I would have brought my students, not because I needed their help, but because I, I needed uh, protection, you know, safety in numbers. That's how much I was intimidated by this guy. So I decided that when I went in the classroom, that was going to be the first thing I did because I didn't want them to grab me after school and say, did you do what I told you to do? And I hadn't done it. So as soon as we got in the, back in the school, I sat my kids down and I said to them, you know, I, I, I want to take a minute, guys, and I want to tell you that I care about you and I want to tell you why I care about you. And I was making this on, up on the go. Not that I was making up what I do, but just I, I was trying to find the right words to say to them because it seems so out of place. But I guarantee you, uh, I did exactly that. I, I talked to them about what was most important. And from that day on, or from that year on, throughout my entire career, on the very first day of school, I would always go back and tell them first thing that I cared about them and why I cared about them. And... Uh, the reason is because it made such a huge difference in my classroom that year that I told them for the first time. I just assumed that they knew I cared, but maybe they didn't know because they, they totally seemed to react differently every day when I'd bring it back up or I would say to them, you know, I'm going to model it to you guys, but I'm telling you now because I want you to know clearly that I care about you guys and why I care. And, and so it made such a huge difference in my classroom for the rest of that year. I was like, oh my gosh, this is gold. So I said, I'm, I'm damn well going to use it every year. And I used it on the first day of school. And so it became a big part of my best year ever program. And so what I'd like to do is I'd like to tell you a little bit just more about how I did that with my students on the first day of school. So each year, 
on the first day of school, after I would get done providing my students with the three-word doable plan to make every year in school their best year ever, that's the plan I've just been sharing with you in episodes 9 through 12, right? Their doable plan that I told them, if you do these three words, all three words throughout the year, I guarantee you'll have your best year ever. So after I would finish that, I would then follow up and say, there's one more thing I want to talk to you guys about. and Well, a couple more things I want to talk to you about, but one of the most important things I want to do right now while we're just getting into all of this, while we're calm and just getting started, I want to let you guys all know something that's very important, I would say to them. I want you to know that I care about you. And I would say, this is something I wish I'd heard my other teachers tell me when I was in school, and I never heard them tell me that, um, at least when they weren't upset with me about something. I, I, I remember a third grade teacher, she would pull my ear once in a while and pull me up to the front of the class by my ear. And this was back when I guess teachers could do that. And she was pulling my ear up to the front and she'd say, Billy, I'm doing this because I care about you. And I'd be like, man, quit caring so much, you know? And so, but seriously, I never had any teachers come right out and say it. Now I had teachers I believed cared in me, but I don't remember any of them saying that to the whole class. And so I would tell my students, so I'm telling you this because I want you guys to know that right now. Now I know what you're thinking, I would say. I know you're probably thinking, how can this guy care about me? He doesn't even know me. And you're right, I don't know you guys, but I do know this, you're on my team. And once you're on my team, you're always gonna be a team member to me, you're always gonna be on my team. And so, as teammates, I care deeply about you, and I'm gonna show you from this day forth I care. I don't believe, you know, I don't expect you to believe me necessarily just because I'm saying I care. I have to show it, I have to back it up by modeling it to you day in and day out, and I promise I'll try to do that as much as I can because I really do care about you. And the reason I care about you are for several reasons. Number one, I take great pride in my teaching. I want to believe that I'm doing a good job. I want to believe. I went into this profession wanting to help students to believe in themselves. I want to uplift, motivate, and empower you to believe in yourselves if you don't or if you do, to do so even more so and believe and give you the skills that you need to do things you can succeed every year in school like I just got done talking about with the three words attendance attitude and effort I'm giving you a doable plan because I care for you and I want you to make this your best year ever not just this year but every year in school and throughout your life so I take pride in my job if I've done that at the end of this year and I can say yeah I saw my students grow this year I saw my kids take their 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 individual game to a new level and collectively as a whole we work to do something really special by making it our best year ever I walk away with my head up proud that I'm doing my job well I hope you'll take pride in your job this year as well. But that's my job. And, and, and I take great pride in that. And so I care about you guys. I want you to succeed because it's important to me that I know I can help you do that. And again, I cannot have my best year ever if you don't have your best year ever. So collectively, I want us to work together to make it a year very special. And that's my job as the leader of this team. I've told you, I'm going to work to make it a year that we feel like we started at a certain place and we're going to end at a, at a better place even. And it's going to be very special. And you guys are going to enjoy this year. And you're going to look back and say, wow, that was one of my best years ever. But also knowing that you can go forth individually and make every year your best year ever, no matter who your teacher is in the future or even in the workplace where your boss might be down, you know, when you become an adult, that you have the tools and the belief in yourself and the skills and the knowledge to make this happen. And so that's another reason why I care about you because in order for me to have my best year ever, you have to have your best year ever. And I got to tell you another one. And this is that when, when we're teaching and we see that you're having a bad day, either collectively as a class or individually, I guarantee you, we do not go home. At least I know most teachers and 
I know for a fact myself, I don't go home after somebody has a bad day here and say to my wife, hey, honey, Jimmy had a really bad day today. Woo, it was great. Let's get in the car and go to dinner. I'm buying, I'm treating everybody to dinner tonight. That was a great day. Woohoo! Jimmy suffered in class today. I don't do that. Most teachers don't do that. I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret. When those days happen, we go home probably feeling worse than the student that was struggling that day because we feel like we failed at our job. We didn't do something we should have done to help that student feel like they could succeed in our class that day or felt comfortable or good about their experience in our room that day. I care deeply about that. In fact, on those nights, which are rare, You'll find those are very rare in here that we'll have a bad day like that. But if we do, I go home and I wrestle with it. I, I try to think about what can I do the next day to make it different. I don't keep staying on the negative. It was a bad day and we're going to have another bad day tomorrow. No, but I'm already working in my mind about it. I want to get back in there because I want to fix whatever happened yesterday and make it better today. I want to help our team grow again or that individual student uh, grow. And so I try to avoid as many bad days as possible for all of you because Every bad day any one of you has, that's a bad day for me. Part of me is going home struggling with that and trying to figure out how to fix it. So I want you to succeed in here. I want you to know I'm your biggest fan in here of yours this year at school every day when you come to school I'm your biggest fan and when you go home I hope it's your parents and other people in your life but but at school I guarantee you I am rooting for you every day I'm not rooting against you I'm rooting for you because my success is based off your success and so I'm working hard to help you be successful because I care about you not just for this year but for every year like I said I'm trying to set you up for life for the rest of your school years and your life to make them your best year ever so these things are important. And finally, as a teacher, I don't make, I want to make this clear. I don't make any more money or less money by how well you do in here. I, I don't get paid like that. You know, I don't have any bonus pays or, or incentive pays that say, if all your kids get this score on a test and we get, you know, you get this much more in your, your bank account or in your salary, that doesn't work like that. I don't get paid better if you do well or don't do well. So it has to do something more with me wanting to succeed other than pay because my pay is the same regardless of what happens in here. It's because I want your parents and I want you to want to come back and visit me and your parents to maybe even want to put other siblings of yours, if, they, if you have other siblings, to come when they come to fifth grade that they'd want to put them in my classroom because they thought that much of my teaching. That's my bonus check. Whenever I have my principal come to me and say, hey, you got a couple referrals. Uh, people asked to have their kids placed in your room this year. It always makes me feel great because it means I'm doing something well or that the word on the street out there between parents and between students is that Mr. Cecil's a good teacher. You want to be in his classroom. All right? It's not a popularity contest. It's about wanting people to be in my room because they know I can do something to really help their children uh, excel which believe me every teacher in the school can do that but but it feels good when you get singled out once in a while like that and and you know somebody wants their child placed in your classroom just like I was saying about Mr. Reisner before right so obviously Mr. Reisner was doing something obviously really really well but anyways I would say to my kids there are going to be days in here that you may not think I care about you uh, and, and those are the days where you're, because I'm coming to you and I'm pushing you a little harder to keep trying or not to give up or that you made a bad choice and I'm saying, you know, you might have to pay a consequence for that, but I still believe in you and I still care about you. So I want you to know that now, right now while we're calm. And if I ever make a mistake, and believe me, I'm going to make mistakes this year. Like I said earlier when I was talking to you about effort, it's okay to make mistakes, but learn from your mistakes and keep trying, right? So when I make a mistake, if I truly said something or did something that upset you, I will apologize because that is never my intent 
That is never going to be my intent. So I hope you know that I care about you and I will I will do everything I can to right a wrong and let you know I'm so sorry and I will work not to repeat that mistake if I make it just like I'll allow you to do. And what I hope you'll do for me is what I'm going to do for you is the same as is to forgive you and say, you made a mistake, let it go, don't worry about it, let's go, come on, let's do better, you can do it, I'm rooting for you. I hope you'll root for me too and know that I'm car- I I do deeply care about you and that you'll have the courage to let me know if I did overstep a bound and it upset you in some way so we can talk about it. And, and, and I would ask you to do that in private just like many times I will talk to you in private uh, if I need to talk to you about something that I, I feel would embarrass you if I talked about it in front of the whole class. But even the days that seems like I'm, I'm upset with you or pushing you, it's because I care about you. I only have so much time with you and I want to take advantage of every minute of it. So that's what I would talk to him about. And then my job was more importantly than to say it, which was important, like Mr. Reisner said, it made a big difference because I was assuming, right? Don't assume. What are the first three letters of assume? Is that I was assuming they know, but like me, when I was a student, maybe they didn't know. And so but once they knew that I, I, I was saying I cared about them, and then every day I was coming and trying to repeat that, but in different ways throughout the day, but then I was also modeling it to them constantly, how much I cared about them. That's a one-two punch that's really going to make a powerful difference in your classroom every year. And so I hope you'll definitely consider that as well. The last thing I want to talk about before I close down this episode is that there's a report that came out a few years ago that many people don't know about, I'm afraid, because I've never heard anybody talk about this. There's something called school connectedness. They came out by the, uh, it was reported in a CDC report talking about school connectedness and how it was so important in the schools for kids to have better mental health and to avoid some major problems uh, in their life and that they could learn better and perform better in your classroom when they felt like Uh, they felt connected to the people that they were with at school. And so I just want to give you a couple quick, by the way, this CDC report came out in 2019. And the reason why I think nobody heard about it was because if you remember what happened the next few years, um, I think it got pushed to the back burner and possibly even totally off the stove and they've never had a chance to come back to it. But I think it was powerful and it's a really cool like four page plan in there that schools and even individual teachers can use to to really build school connectedness in their school or in their classroom. And it's free. It's totally free. I'm going to put the link on my website so you can go to my resources page on my bestyearever.net resources page and look it up. I, I would encourage you to look it up and share it with your administrators or other teachers because, like I said, it doesn't cost anything. Telling your kids you care about them and building a school that makes everybody feel connected does not cost a thing. So here's, here's what I want to share with you. Just a couple quotes from it that I think jumped out at me. It defines what school connectedness is. It says, school connectedness is when students feel the adults and peers in school care about their learning as well as about them as individuals. When peers and adults in the school care about their learning as well as about them as individuals, this includes a sense of being cared for, being supported, and a feeling of a sense of belonging at the school that the kids will thrive better in. Okay, Here's another quote. Students who feel connected to their school are also more likely to have better academic achievement, including higher grades and testing scores, have better attendance, and stay in school longer. When youth feel connected to their school, they are less likely to experience poor mental health, which they go on to define as less likely to have emotional problems, suffer from eating disorders, or experience suicidal thoughts or attempts. It also will help them to avoid sexual health risks, substance use like tobacco, alcohol, drug use, uh, violence. It says less likely to carry weapons or become involved in violence, etc. 
And I, I went online real quickly and I looked up just a couple quick statistics about some of the um, things that are going on in our schools, um, or I'm sorry, with our, with our youth right now. And I just thought I had to share these with you. So uh, here's just a couple ones I found online when I was talking about students' mental health in the last few years. It said that in 2019, the CDC has estimated that one-third of high school students experience persistent feelings of sadness and hopelessness. Here's another one. Suicide is the second leading cause of death for 10 to 24-year-olds, second only to firearm-related deaths, which is number one cause of death. I'm sorry, but that's shameful. We should be ashamed of that statistic in our country. Here's another one. In 2019, about 22% of students aged 12 to 18 reported being bullied at school. I guarantee you these are kids that didn't feel a part of a team or didn't feel cared for, and they were acting out. Last one. In 2021, the American Academy of Pediatrics declared a state of emergency in the mental health of children and adolescents. Come on, we can do better than this. We have to do better than this. This is a great start to have them tap into the power of team, which we've talked about in these episodes, but also to take time to tell them you care and show them you care every day. And to have other adults in your building do this to them as well. It's not only going to help them academically, it's going to help them as people, as young people, to mentally to become strong and to be able to focus and to become confident in themselves and succeed not only in school but in life as well. This is so important. And like I said, it's free. So I'm going to end it there today, but I hope you'll take Mr. Reisner's advice. By the way, the last thing I want to say about Mr. Reisner is that he ended up being one of the most warm, caring, fun guys I ever got to know because I started to get to know him. And he reminded me, you know, don't ever judge a book by its cover. And the worst thing I did was to avoid him. I, I started somehow starting to just kind of, he came up to me enough times I started to feel comfortable going up to him. And next thing you know, we're starting to talk more and more. And, uh, we became friends and he became a strong mentor to me. So I would have missed out on not only that amazing advice had he not come up to me, but getting to know an amazing person. So I hope you'll keep all these things in mind as you're moving forward. I want to thank you all again. First off, I want to thank Mr. Reisner for being who he was and for giving me that piece of advice. And I want to thank all of you for, again, for being the heroes you're being in your classroom and working and striving to make a difference every day in your classroom. And I want you to remember, best year ever, you have the power to make it happen.